Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the VIP Ignite Podcast. I'm your host, Deneen White. Today I have a very special guest. Shalom Adewale is someone who I spoke to for the first time in our pre-interview, and she is someone who is truly inspiring, and she will definitely inspire you. Hi, Shalom. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am awesome. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join me and share your story. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Well, this 30 minutes is going to absolutely fly by. So can we start with you telling my audience a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Um, Well, my name is Shalom. Um, I'm originally from Nigeria, which is in West Africa, but we've lived around the Boston area for some time now. I have my bachelor's degree in psychology with a minor in athletic coaching, and I am currently a master's candidate at Springfield College in their athletic counseling program. That's awesome. So how did you decide you wanted to go in to study athletic counseling? Um, um, well, I've always, I was always an athlete all my life. Um, even when I got to college, I wanted to continue, but my academics took precedence, so I found out that I really enjoy psychology. Um, I think people's behavior is very interesting, and um, I love sports, and a lot of my jobs and things that I did were sports-related. And I was like, is there such a thing as um, sports psychology? And once I found out that there was, I looked more into it, and I just started hearing about athletic counseling, and I looked into that a bit more, and I realized that that, because they take a holistic approach to working with athletes. So they look at a person as an individual with many identities as opposed to just an athlete. And I like the idea of that, and I think that's what intrigued me most about the program, and that's how I decided on it. That's awesome. Can you can you explain that a little bit more? They take a holistic approach, so, approach rather. So what's it, what exactly yes. does that mean? People may not understand that. Okay, absolutely. So, um with athletic counseling, um, when we say holistic approach, because a lot of athletes, when they work, when there's something wrong with their performance or they're not performing up to par, a lot of people go straight to athletics. Maybe your technique is wrong. Maybe you're just not doing this correctly. Um, they look at the technical stuff and not really at, okay, what might be going on outside of sports that um, – might be causing this or what might be going on in your academics, what might be going on in your social life, what might be going on in your personal life, what might be going on even in your cognitive processes and all that stuff, Um, what might be going on in the back of your mind maybe while you are about to do a performance. Like we look at every area, every aspect of the person to help them in dealing with their um, problems or whatever it may be. This sounds like what you're saying is that every person is basically a giant puzzle, and it's we're a lot more than just one piece of the puzzle. So you get to really dive into athletes and like figure out which part is not working and try to make it all work together. Is that is that accurate? Yes, that is accurate. 
that's awesome. See, I never would have thought of that. Like generally, like when you're like, I know, like I played, I didn't play a whole lot of sports growing up, but definitely when mm-hmm. I did, like they were just like, oh, you know, you just stink at your backhand. You just need to work on. It. They never were like, well, why? Like, what is mm-hmm. it about? What is it that's making that not function properly? That's awesome. Exactly. So, exactly. So, what kind of career path do you have with athletic counseling? Like, where where will that lead you? Um, athletic counseling can lead me honestly anywhere. Um, I could go into the military, um, in terms of performance enhancement, and then there's this other opportunity of working with veterans to help them kind of come back into society, which is something that's always been an interesting thing to me. Um, So I might look at that. Um, You could work. We have a few people from our program that got hired by the MLB. Um, We have a few people from our program that got hired by teams in the NFL. Um, I could go into academic, athletic counseling. I could work with just um, a, a wide variety of individuals. So the career opportunities are massive and wide and yeah. That's awesome. So so basically you're right now with what well, you with your degree, you're in a choose your own adventure. So basically you can out what is most interesting to you and pursue that. Exactly. That's awesome. I love um I love that you mentioned veterans because I come from a long line of military people and mm-hmm. one of our really close family friends was in Vietnam and like he had a traumatic experience his helicopter was shot down and he came back and it was it was during a time where a he was in the Vietnam war so everyone was like oh we hate you because you were fighting a war we didn't believe in but b like there was Mm -hmm. no support It, it hasn't been until recently that any that the military is supporting the veterans coming home so for me that really touched my heart so thank you for mentioning that that's awesome Absolutely. Awesome. So you said you, um, when you were young, you lived in Nigeria and then you moved to the Boston area. Can you explain a little bit about that transition to me? Like, how did that, like, how did that affect you and what was that like? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, I moved here around the age of six. Um, in my country, I was like, heading into like kind of the fifth grade because I know I was skipped ahead of a um, couple grades. So coming here, we came in January. Um, oh. So we were not dressed for the snow or winter. Um, so oh. we came, we landed, and we came to New York, and there was snow. It was my first time seeing snow. I was confused as to what it was um, when <laughs> like, I first why came. Why am I so cold? <laughs> Exactly, because I was in a skirt, too, so it's like I really was not prepared um, for this weather. Um, But the transition, it took a while. Um, There were a lot of things just, like, going on and things of that nature. Um, We, of course, because the, um, the education system here is a little bit different, so I had to start in, like, second grade. I wasn't too happy about it, but... I'm kind of glad that that's kind of what happened because yeah. I got to meet a wide variety of people in the age group that I was a part of. So, and I still ended up being one of the youngest in my group anyway. So, still, I was just frustrated in the beginning. But the transition was a little tough um, in terms of in Nigeria we do more of the Queen's English. So in our writing, okay. we put use in okay. some of like things like color and behavior. 
So um, it took a little bit of adjusting to start writing in American English for me. Yeah. And um, it's just even the schools themselves just all together just took a little bit of adjusting, trying to find my niche, where I belonged, and things like that. took several years. I think I finally was able to find where I was in that, like, sophomore year of high school, which which that's several years. <laughs> yeah, that's that. But you know what? It's awesome. So what helped you find your niche in school and with your peer group? I think one of the biggest things was um, I had a very strong African identity. I was like, I identified as an African. Um, and it was hard coming into America because there were people that, of course, had their opinions and had um, their ways of talking to people. And that's something that I had to deal with and learn more about. But, like, I got more in touch with my roots, I should say, got more in touch with my roots, started hanging out around more Africans and things of that nature. I was participating in sports, and I just kind of got to – know myself a bit more as Shalom and that took okay. a long time and it's still something I'm working on but I've I found my niche by sophomore year because I was surrounded by supportive individuals um me and my siblings all went to the same school at the same time well not all of us but a good chunk of us went to school at the same time and um it was just nice I think it was great because I realized that I didn't just have to be an athlete. I was also a class clown. I was also a nerd. I was this, I was that. And it was okay to be multiple things. And being okay with that um, took a little while, but I I found it. (laughs) And now I'm good. Hey, I think that learning that in sophomore year in high school, after moving here from Africa and having to to deal with all of that transition, I think that, for that alone, you should definitely pat yourself on the back because there are people <laughs> I know that are in their 50s that still don't know who they are and they haven't gone, they haven't like mm-hmm. done the work. So I think that is awesome. So mm-hmm. going through all of that, how um, how does that form the way that you relate to people? Um, I think the biggest way is just learning about each person individually. Um, growing up, I felt like sometimes I I didn't have my voice heard. I felt like I was just kind of pushed off to the side, just like, and I didn't like that feeling. And so when Mm -hmm. I meet new people and I interact with people, I genuinely sit down and I listen and I try to know with them. I try to relate with them. I try to like have them understand that they are heard and um, Mm -hmm. people care and people want to know about them. People want to hear their story. So I think the way I grew up and the things that I realized that I didn't like the feeling and I didn't like the way this happened, I try to incor- I try to remember that, keep that in the back of my mind. So when meeting new people, just to try to make them feel comfortable in where they where they're at in their skin and everything, just trying to make someone feel comfortable and comfortable enough to be themselves. And I think that's basically what I try what I strive for each and every time I meet new people. That's awesome. So how are you taking this skill set into the entertainment industry? I know that you um, sing and dance and act. So how is it that you're 
taking all of your life experiences and putting that into your career in the entertainment industry? <sighs> That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I guess one of my biggest things is that one of my it would be I just want to share my story. Um, I'm definitely not – this is all new to me in the sense that I am talking about myself to others. Um, it's not really okay. something that I do often, but I definitely want to start sharing my story through whatever form it may be, start sharing my story and just, like, reaching out to people, if that makes sense, and letting people understand yeah. that, yes, other people go through struggles as well. Like, having someone to relate with, I think, is ultimately what I would try to bring into my entertainment, just try to express myself and be myself and then have people be able to relate to struggles and things of that nature. Yeah, that's fantastic. One of the things that struck me most about our pre-interview when we talked, like I've talked to a lot of people, but you were one of the first people. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone has like a reason why they want to do this, but I was really struck when I was looking through the notes last night. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be such an awesome interview. I can't wait. Things that <laughs> struck me the most is that the the primary reason that you told me that you want to do this is because you want to be a person of influence and you want to help people yeah. who don't have as much as others do. So can you kind of yeah. – I know you just kind of you, – you, gla- you just glossed on it with t- saying, like, you want to make people included, but how will you mm-hmm. use your platform to be a person of influence? Uh, as a person of influence, to help others? Yes. Um, so I, my vision, I should say, my vision is to be able to, like you said, influence, to to be a person of influence um, and to have impact on people's lives in a very positive way. Um, and one of the ways that I've been thinking about doing that is through motivational speaking. Um, I would love to honestly travel the world and just be able to motivate others to be their best selves um, and to motivate others to learn more about themselves in order to be their best selves and to be able to move past whatever struggle that they're going through or, like, a lot of mental toughness, I would say, Mm -hmm. is something that I would want to use my platform for um, to just encourage others and and let people understand that, yes, t- times will get hard, times will be rough, but it's about how you see it, how you view it, and things you decide to do. Like, control what you can control. And, um, yep. yes, that would be, like, my way of using the platform that I have to motivate others. That's awesome. One of the things I tell myself all day, I actually have it written on my desk at work, is control the controllable. Like, you can't Mm -hmm. control other people's reactions or actions, but you can control your reaction to what they do. So that's that's awesome. I think that's a life. That's a lesson that I think every person in the world needs to know, especially with the climate now, with everyone with social media and people feeling like I could say whatever I want and there are going to be no repercussions. I -hmm. think that. learning how to control the controllable and control your reaction to that, understanding that just because someone is being rude to you or is being disrespectful, it actually has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with them. Yeah. And like Absolutely. you have to get to a, a you have to get to like a certain 
um, level of self-awareness to be able to put Mm -hmm. that into action. So I love that you're doing that. That's awesome. So, um, so how did you hear about VIP Ignite? I am so excited to meet you next weekend, just for the record. (laughs) I know. I'm excited too. Um, so I was working in Santa Barbara, um, at an, um, empowered wellness, um, a camp in Santa Barbara, California, and um, I just came across it while I was um, relaxing a little bit on my phone, and um, I read up on it a little bit, and I was like, okay, let me just take this chance. I, you know, I'm in Cali. Let me, let me see what's up, and I just, and that's how I heard about VIP Ignite, and it's ever since I've heard about it, I feel like I see it everywhere. Yeah. So yeah, right. Um, it was just. That's yeah, awesome. I stumbled upon it. I stumbled upon it while I was on Instagram. Okay. Well, tell me about this empowered wellness camp you were at in Santa Barbara. That sounds interesting. Absolutely. So, um, empowered wellness, um, like it says, we empower wellness. Um, not just physical wellness, but also mental wellness. Um, we worked a lot with um, children. Children, well, not children. We worked a lot with, I think the youngest at the camp was 11, and the oldest at the camp was 23. So it was a wide range of individuals that were there that wanted to live healthier lifestyles. I worked directly with um, the 18 and older group because that is where I have a lot of experience. But I also worked with younger ones because they tended to come to me for a lot of things as well. So um, <laughs> what we did was <laughs> what we did was um, just kind of gave them the basics, some information about food and, um, and like, the kind of foods that are out there, the nutritional facts, and we kind of just guided the way they ate. And they had, like, these journals that they kept that they kind of kept track of what they ate throughout the day. And then on top of, like, with the food, we all, they also had one-on-one sessions as well as group sessions with behavioral coaches. I was one of the behavioral mm-hmm. coaches that worked with the group um, session, and we worked on body image. Um, which was also very eye-opening for me as well. I had to do a lot of self-disclosure, which was, like I said, I'm very, I usually don't share my story, but I saw that sharing my story helped a lot of these younger teen, younger girls because they were in their teens. The ones I worked specifically mm-hmm. with for body image were like between the ages of like 13 to 16. So they were in the high school range where they're very caught up with social media, very caught up with body image issues that was going on. So that was an amazing experience that I had. That's awesome. I wish I would have had you in my life when I was between 13 and 16 (laughs) because I thought I was the saddest person in the whole entire world. Now I look back at my yearbook, I'm like, I wish I could go back and slap my 13-year-old self and tell her just to relax a little bit. (laughs) That's awesome. That's exactly why I wanted to work with that age group. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Gracious, it's like you did. I mean, it's amazing how embedded in our society it is for us, especially mm-hmm. women. Like men, I think, have it, are, it's getting more prevalent with men. But I think with women, yes, it it's is. like we're almost, we're almost programmed to not like ourselves. Like, oh, you know what? You yes. look old. Get this aging serum. Oh, you know what? You're fat. Take this pill. Oh, and it's, yes. it's amazing to me. And we, we've just allowed it. I mean, I can't blame it on anyone. It's something that we've allowed as a society. Mm-hmm. But talking mm-hmm. to someone like you who is making a change in that, I mean, I don't know how many 
girls or children or teenagers you spoke to, but if you would have changed one of their lives, like, can you imagine the ripple effect that you had? Like, that's, I mean, that's wow. not, that, that blows my mind. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and again, that's why I was so excited when I was like, again, looking over my notes, because I was like, this is someone who has a gift. I mean, obviously, sharing your story is really hard for you, but you have an extremely powerful story. So I hope that you get really comfortable sharing it because I think your story mm-hmm. is your power. And that's part of the reason mm-hmm. I love doing this podcast because like I talk to so many people and I'm like, Oh my gosh, do you understand how important what you just said is you need to share that more. Like, <laughs> really? I'm like, yeah, no, really. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. So thank you so much. So getting back on track here, I'm going to get off my motivational yeah. speaker. Um, so Buck. So what is it that you're looking forward to about going to New York next weekend? Uh, number one, meeting you, <laughs> meeting Aww, you and meeting Alicia, because it's just interesting, like, I just love finally putting a face to the name and voice, so I'm really excited and looking forward to that. Um, I also will be having my mom with me, which is such a big thing um, for me, Aww, um, to have awesome. my mom come along with me on this journey, so I think that's just to have her kind of see a little bit of what I want to go into would be really amazing and then just meeting people (laughs) meeting anyone and everyone and just interacting and networking and growing with people I think is what I'm definitely looking forward to yeah it's going to be an amazing event like I'm starting to like they're starting to trickle in like the speakers that are going to be talking and different things I'm like Mm -hmm. the more I hear the more excited I get because I'm like I can't believe this. Oh my that no, stop it right now. That it can't be possible. So I'm really excited. I think that it's gonna be a phenomenal experience just um like you said, just the networking alone. Like I can't wait for mm-hmm. I can't wait from my perspective, A to see all the people I've interviewed on the podcast because like I've like pretty much threatened everyone, okay, you have to help, you have to we need a picture. So <laughs> My social media is going to blow up next weekend, but um, the, the most important thing for me, I know, right? Maybe I'll get, maybe like, I don't know. It'll be awesome. <laughs> but I think it's just going to be really exciting just to like something I've really been learning over the, like the last couple of weeks is that you have no idea how much your life can change in an instant. So I think it's going to be a phenomenal experience. So here's a question I like to ask people. If you could be featured on any magazine, what magazine would you want to be featured on and why would you want to be featured on it? Oh, wow. On any magazine? Any magazine. It it could be any genre. Oh, wow. That's a really – I would love to be featured in Forbes 30 Under 30. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. Now, why? Why would you want to be featured in Forbes 30 Under 30? Um, I just think it would be an amazing accomplishment in my, like, I've always had that weird enough. I've always had that in my mind. I'm like, I want to be featured in Forbes 30 under 30. Um, I just think it would be almost like a validation for myself that I can do, I can do what I set out to do for myself, if that makes sense. Like, I hold myself to very high expectations and high standards, and 
it's something that I believe that I can do, and I still got some years left <laughs> before thirty right. to do that. So, um, if I would be if I could be featured in that, that would be like one of the biggest goals just crossed off my list. That's awesome. You're definitely the first person that has said that you want to be on Forbes. I love that. I love that drive and that just I mean the influence that you could have. Like, but like a lot of people say they want to be on Vogue, and I think that's awesome too because I mean, Vogue people love Vogue, and it's yes. like it's a, definitely an iconic magazine. But people who read Forbes are influencers, so that just what you just said completely solidified to me that when you said you want to be a person of influence, that that's the truth. That was awesome. Sorry, oh, I you. I'm just that, that just you just totally made my whole night. You have no idea. <laughs> Oh, wow. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So um, if you could give a piece of advice to someone who is just pursuing a dream in general, it doesn't necessarily have to be in the entertainment industry, but just pursuing a dream Mm -hmm. in general, what piece of advice would you give them? Um, One piece of advice. There's so many. I think one of the biggest you have ones you have is, like four minutes. Talk away. You can give as much advice as you want. How about that? <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think one of the You're biggest welcome. ones is practicing self love. I think that is so important in anything that you're trying to do in life. Um, and I think self love. What goes with self love is being sure in yourself, being sure in the decisions that you make, as well as not letting other people's opinions be a fact in your life. Um, Because people are going to have opinions. I'm not saying don't listen to opinions. I'm not saying don't listen to feedback. But I'm saying know yourself. Get to know yourself more and more each day. Get to practice a lot of self-love. Practice a lot of self-care also goes in with self self-love and just get to know yourself so that when people do bring opinions you like you take it as an opinion not as a fact because um when that happens when you allow people to get to you quickly it could really derail you and it could really set Mm -hmm. you back from where you want to be so I think that is one of the biggest things because that's something that I had to learn um, as I'm going on this journey of life is to practice Mm self-love and self-care and not allow people's opinions, people's words to get to me as much as they did when I was younger. And um, I'm learning that life is so much easier that way when you don't let people get to you. And it allows you to really focus on you and focus on what you want to do and focus on your life and your goals and to work towards that. That's awesome. I love that advice. Now, can you um, give, can you give the audience like an, like one or two things they can do for self-care? Like people usually think, oh, take a bubble bath or get a massage, but can you give like two pointers of things that people can do for self-care that will help shield them from other people's opinions? Absolutely. Um, I think one of the things that people should do is self-reflection. Reflect either you could do daily or you could do it weekly. Reflect, and in terms of reflection, Things that I always do is, what went well this week? What were you really excited about this week? Um, and then, what didn't go so well, and how did you handle it? And how could you have handled nice. it better? And then, 
what are your plans for the future? Like what is something that you want to accomplish? And writing those things down and reflecting on that helps you realize more about yourself. And like you said earlier, self-awareness is so important. Helps you gain better self-awareness. And just like that reflection helps you, whatever is on the back of your mind, kind of put it down, putting it down on paper takes it off takes that kind of stress off of you. So that helps you in terms of self-care. And something I always do at the end of the day is, because I have classes and work all day, every day, interacting with people, uh, it's, it's very mm-hmm. draining and can cause a lot of stress. Yeah. So one way, yeah. one way that I do self-care is take 30 minutes after I get back at my, to my house, 30 minutes just all to myself doing whatever the heck I want. And that really that. helps calm me at the end of the day and just like breathe for a second (laughs) that's awesome well we are going to end on that note shalom thank you so much for taking your time and thank you for just enriching my audience tonight i feel like anyone who listens to this podcast is going to leave a better person so thank you so much and i can't wait to see you next week (laughs) i can't wait to see you too thank you so much for having me You're welcome. I'll see you in a week, and I will talk to you soon, okay? Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the VIP Ignite podcast. I hope that you really gathered some information from Shalom. And if you are interested in learning more about how to attend a live event, we have an an event coming up in June in Los Angeles and Hollywood please make sure you visit our website at ammsociety.com so that you can get signed up for our live open call webinar, which will qualify you. You'll go through a qualification process to attend. And if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you hit subscribe and download the episodes and make sure that you tune in because I have some fantastic guests coming up. Thank you so much and have a great night.